words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. No other gods. Do you know, like, the relationship between God and man is that God wants to be at the heart of everything we do together. God wants to be governor over our lives and king over everything we do together. God wants to be the one, the benefactor, the chief benefactor, the chief focus of our lives, and that's what he wants for us. God wants to be the one who who actually leads us out into the world. God wants to be the one who fills us with himself. God wants to be the one who delivers us and saves us and does awesome work in our lives. So that's the whole idea. When the devil comes, what he does to what he comes to do is to compete with who God is in our lives. The job of the devil is to actually he's always tried to be God. He's, the devil has always tried to be God and that's why he became the devil. Before, last week we were sharing about Lucifer, this fair angel, one of the three archangels in heaven that we know about. We don't know whether there are more archangels, but the archangels we know is Archangel Gabriel, the messenger angel. He's in charge of delivering messages to nations and to cities. So if Archangel Gabriel appears, it means that God has a message for that territory. Then we heard about Archangel Michael, the angel in charge of warfare. When nations need to change, when territories need to switch hands, when the devil wants to walk a walk and God wants to break the walk of the devil, he sends Archangel Michael. There was a third Archangel, Archangel Lucifer. And Lucifer was the Archangel in charge of music and the arts. The Bible says there were shafts of light in him. He was creativity personified. And every time God wanted to show the wonder of himself, he showed the wonder of himself through Archangel Lucifer. One day, Archangel Lucifer said, I am the wonder of heaven. I will rise up above the Most High and shine more than God. And that is the day he became the devil. He was cast down to the earth. So when God came to his people, God began to speak over his people. And the first commandment God gave to his people is, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods beside me. You shall not have Lucifer over your life. You shall not have any manifestation of Lucifer over your life. So the gods God is talking about is not just idols of wood and stone. It was actually every manifestation of Lucifer shall not be in your life. 
Let us pray. Father, thank you for the entrance of your word. Let it cause light to flood our hearts. Let revelation fill our minds as we understand, as you expand our mind and open us up to that which you're speaking, to that which you're declaring, to that which you're saying, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for your goodness and your love. Thank you for your power and your strength, oh God. We praise you, our God, for we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We praise you, our God, for your glory is over our lives. Thank you, Lord God. So we reject contemporary idols because they reflect the work of Lucifer. And Lucifer has been existent in all generations. He embeds himself from generation to generation in a different kind of way. Every generation, Lucifer will reinvent himself and change and come back. Every time God wants to move, Lucifer will see that, ah, this is what God wants to do. He will change himself and come to embed himself in the work of God. If you see what the devil is doing, then realize what God wants to do. If you see the devil hitting the earth with pandemic, just know that God wants to heal. If you see the devil hitting the earth with hatred, just know that God wants to bring love and restoration and power. Because Lucifer goes ahead to pervert the work of God. But he doesn't know that God has a plan every season that is in his stepping out that God defeats him. No other gods. So what are the gods that Lucifer manifests himself in today? In the days of our fathers, they were idol worshippers. I had an uncle, I talk about him a lot, Uncle Joshua, who was a herbalist, right? In the days of our fathers, those, those guys did a lot of juju. Well, of course, there's still juju right now. I'm sure you heard of Okija's Shrine and you heard about ministers who swear in the bar beach and you read all of those things and they are true. I used to live in around Dolphin Estate. If you come out of Dolphin Estate every morning, there's always the head of a goat in a plate and you wonder how did he appear there? This must be a miracle. No, some, some, some person was dancing naked by the junction at the night and left a sacrifice to the gods. So idol worship is still a thing, but much more, the devil is embedding himself in contemporary world as an idol. Number one idol is the idol of fame. Fame. <laughs> fame. <laughs> so good. I want to be big. I want to, I want to be in the know. I want to have authority. I want to be the man who everybody knows. I want to have a claim. This leads to personality cult where people today, especially with the social media age, we're no more talking about corporations because if you have a whole Nike which is followed by 67 million people and you have Justin Bieber who is followed by 120 million people, who is more? Is it Nike or Justin Bieber? Who controls more? So today is a personality cult day. So personalities have become gods. Individuals have become gods. You know the individuals who have the highest personality. I'm not here to give you the statistics because I'm not asking you to go and chase 
cloud chase or to chase the influencers. I'm not asking you to run after people who in the natural seem to have arrived at that personality cult. So whatever they say becomes something that people pay attention to. Some people worship them. Can you believe this person said this? Some people buy their anger, even their fake anger. When they come, when there's an issue in society, they come very angry. I'm so angry right now. They do their rant and then everybody just drinks the rant in. And everybody starts, that becomes a talking point for that week. Even ministers and governments now begin to move at the sound of rant. Right? Governments begin to move because one personality has spoken. But whether those people believe what they say or not remains to themselves for them to judge. But if we're just living in the day of the influencer. Something else we worship. Money. Mammon. Wealth. And why do we worship money? Because of what money can get for us. Money means the difference between whether you can travel or whether you are staying at home. Money means the difference between whether you are crying in a kekena pep or you are crying in a Lamborghini. Money makes the difference between whether you are whether you are living in what part of town or another part of town. Money the difference between whether you are an island boy or a mainland boy. Money will draw the difference for you. So people in the quest to belong do any and everything for money. Money is a God. Money is a God today that people worship. Some people even have it, but they won't eat because they are afraid that maybe by touching a little bit of their money, they are going to be broke. So to them, money is a God. Sex is a God. And Hollywood has made sex so glamorous. Like I think like sex is not so clean after all. Like me personally entering to somebody's privates, I don't think like it's really tidy. I don't know about you guys, but you know, like somebody I don't know going to your private, it's still so dirty. There's nothing clean about it. Especially with the part of you that you use for defecation, very close. I don't think, really think there's anything glamorous about it. But Hollywood tells us that, oh, oh my God, sex. They paint a picture, they rub the body of the person with lotion and they give you glamorous images. You see the young man, they rub his shoulder, he build himself very up, his muscles are very big, and they rub, what's that oil they rub on him? And so we say, somebody said, oh, read. and then they come out, come out looking, oh. it's a lie. There's nothing beautiful about it. There's nothing so great about it. It is a function. Sex is a function. It's a function that was given to man. Sex was given in the context of marriage. When you marry one woman and you commit to her, you now begin to say to her, how can I show you that I will give you my any and everything? And you bestow yourself on her. That is actually what sex was for. But people have turned it into a disease, into a rabid disease where people will go and force someone else who is not willing. That's what we're calling rape, right? Someone else going to force someone to, like, why? 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 
and God begins to speak over us. No other idols. Not sexual idols. Not sex toys. Not sexually. Some people call themselves sexually liberated. They don't, they don't, they don't care who they sleep with. No, you are in sexual chains. You're not sexually free. That's not freedom. Because you're going to get a disease. And if you don't get a disease, you're going to get scattered soul syndrome. Because your soul, you are entering into contract with many people with your blood. So you're going to get a lot of bad things happen to you if you're not careful. Sex is a God we must not worship. Today, something else I say, God, that is not very, that is very subtle, is paradigm God. People, imagination. Some people don't submit themselves to anyone in their heart. They may be working with you, but don't get it treated. They're not obeying you. They're actually using you because they are not truly in submission to you. They're working with you every day but they're not giving themselves to you. They give themselves half because if they give themselves fully, it means that they become your slave. As a result, the devil takes advantage of people who never submit themselves to other people. There's a new doctrine that says that we don't need anyone, that we are our own priest. It's true that we're our own priest, but actually God works with covenants you make covenant with people and you covenant yourself to other people and you connect yourself to them and in covenanting yourself to them, the benefits that come to those people also come to you. You get covenant leadership and, and leadership is something of God. Leadership is not evil. Wrong leadership, self-absorbed leadership is wrong. But real leadership helps to mentor and raise up another generation. So we have a generation of fatherlessness because there's a paradigm that says that if you obey someone, you are their slave. That if you serve someone, then you're under them. There's a wrong paradigm that goes, there's a paradigm that says that, oh, the woman is king in the world and that all men should shut up. There's a paradigm that says, oh, men are king in the world. All women should shut up. There's a paradigm that says, like, oh, no, I don't let anyone tell me what to do. And this paradigm, and there's a paradigm that says, like, oh, anything for my peace, I will do it. I will cut off anyone. I will let go anyone for my peace. Meanwhile, God is saying, you should take your peace and give it to the world. Meanwhile, God is saying, spread out your arm for healing. Meanwhile, God is saying, reach out to the persons who can help themselves. But you say, no, I cut off everyone for my own personal safety. Protecting yourself is not wrong. Guarding your peace is not wrong. You read all these memes on social media, didn't you? These are paradigm gods that don't belong to the Lord Almighty. Exodus chapter 20 verse 3 God begins to speak You shall have no other gods before me Jesus actually reached back into this place In Mark chapter 12 verse 29 and read it Jesus said to him The first of all the commandments is 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. There are many people who sit in church, they love God with their mind, they love God, they love God with their heart, they love God with their strength, but their soul is not submitted to God. Why do we value this paradigm gods? Why do we value these modern gods? Why? What's the reason why we value them? I can tell you the reason. Number one reason. If you see the, let's take the idol of old that was made. That golden calf which I put up the picture. Yeah? Why did people have value for it? Number one reason. It was made of gold. It was a golden calf. Gold has, gold is expensive. So many times the reason why people come to that kind of value for lifestyle gods is actually that they are expensive. Number two, it involves sacrifice. Every person had to give up of their own gold to build a golden calf. Every time you see this paradigm, you have to give a lot of yourself to arrive at that theology, at that, at that philosophy. You have to, you have to, you're fighting something. Number three, it's tied to tradition. There's always a story behind the paradigm. There's always a story behind the idol. Like the idol, what was the story that Aaron gave them? These are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. They're still remembering where they came from in Egypt. And that story stayed with them. So, the reason why gods are powerful is because sometimes they are birthed in tradition. Number two, God, number, number four, do you know gods are new? Every time you go to a god, is actually always new. There's always an alternative fact about the idol. The idol seems to be the next thing after God and Moses. We don't know what happened to Moses. Moses went and disappeared in the mountain. So let's give the children of Israel something new, something they can look up to, something fresh. In the quest for people to hold on to new things, they created an idol out of newness. And number four, it actually comes from the place of seeking redefinition. Number five, comes from the place of seeking redefinition. Nobody wants to be part of the pack. Nobody wants to be someone who does group think. No one wants to be the person who is part of the crowd. So in trying to redefine ourselves, many of the young people who are standing out and doing Asian religions today, let's ask, many of the millennials who are chasing new age, and calling it spiritual freedom today. Let's ask, what are they trying to do? They're trying to make themselves better than other believers. They're trying to do something fresh, something new, something novel. They're trying to redefine themselves. And that's how idols are created. Idols are created from value. So that's why people value God. I'm going to tell you the story of three Hebrew boys 
I put up a picture of ancient Babylon. It was the biggest empire that ever existed. The, the empire of, of Babylon stretched all the way from the Middle East into Asia, into Europe, into Kush, into Ethiopia, which is Africa, and it stretched around the entire known world. Babylon was the biggest nation on earth. And at that time was when the king of Babylon was a man called Nebuchadnezzar. And he, he was the most dangerous empire. And he imported the children of Israel into his empire and then selected four Hebrew boys, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. One more time, let's repeat. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I know we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel, they call Belteshazzar. So let's repeat again. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. These were the four select young men from among the children of Israel. These were the erudite boys. They're the ones who were head and shoulders wiser than anyone. These are the ones who knew everything and understood technologies. Unbelievable. Their mind, their, their understanding of ideas was very strong. Their hypothesis was very solid and their understanding of spiritual world was so powerful. And upon all of them they said Daniel was head and shoulders taller than this it was at this time that in the king's service in the king's service Nebuchadnezzar erected a statue to himself when you read Daniel chapter 2 you will see a dream where Daniel where Nebuchadnezzar saw saw the statue a head of gold shoulders of brass feet mixed of iron and, and then legs made of, of clay but guess what he did? That same image he saw in his dream that God told him that this thing will be cut down. He decided to defy God and make the image of himself. And guess how he made it? He made the entire image of gold. Because they told him that the first empire was going to be the Babylonic Empire. So he thought, I'm going to make my empire last forever. And then he said, let everyone bow down to this image. We don't know where Daniel was. But it was down to his three friends. What were their names again? Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. One more time. Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. One more time. Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Because I know we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these names we don't know. So I want you to remember them. Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Good guys. Strong men. These guys refused that they were not going to bow. Let's... And so this was the statue of, of, uh, of, of, of Nebuchadnezzar. The statue stood 27 meters tall. Every average person is 1.5, 1.6, 1.7 meters tall. So 27 meters tall means how many people? Like 10 people tall. Like a 10 story building. That's how tall the statue was. Imagine, made of gold. He got excessive, an image of himself trying to be bigger than everyone else. And then he got all the musicians in town. Everyone who was good in music. I don't know what's wrong. Like the devil wants music. Nebuchadnezzar wants music. <laughs> Prophet wants music. Pastor wants music. There's something about music though. Something about music, right? So can I tell you guys something? He wanted to create an image himself. And Herod cried out. 
To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, give me some music, please. The time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music. Um, oh my goodness, you guys are slow. This is Daniel chapter 3, verse 4. Let's do this practically. Then the herald cried out aloud. What song are you guys going to use? Whoa! Then the herald cried aloud to you, it is commanded all people, nations, and language. At a time you hear the sound of the horn, flutes, harp, lyre, psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music. You shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fairy furnace. That's what the king said. You will fall down and worship this image or I'm going to cast you into fire. Crazy. And they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, verse 9, this is Daniel chapter 3, O king, live forever. You have made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music. Then they shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever falls not down and worship, he will be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This, uh, somebody said a bad Negro. <laughs> this man, O king, have not regarded thee and served not your gods nor worship the golden image who you set up. The king brought them back and said, guys, I am hearing something or I'm hearing something. I don't know whether it's true, but I want to give you guys one more chance. And when you hear the sound of the cornet and the flute, you have a chance to bow down and worship this image do you know what the three boys answered what are their names again Hananiah Michelle and Azariah when they heard these things they said your threat means nothing to us if you throw us in the fire the God we serve can rescue us from your burning furnace and anything else you might cook up, O king. But even if he doesn't, 
it wouldn't make a bit of difference, O King. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. We still wouldn't serve your gods or the golden statue you have set up. We still will not bow before any other god. No other gods deserve our worship. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O King. But even if he doesn't, O King, we still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the golden statue you've set up. Hallelujah. And after a while, the king threw them into the fire. They heated up the fire seven more times. The men who were throwing them in got burnt. But the people they threw into the fire walked into the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar after a while saw the guys and he said, there are four men. <laughs> there are four men in the fire. Didn't we throw three men to the fire? And the fourth one looks like the son of God. Who told him he was the son of God? Who told the king he was the son of God? Everyone identifies God when they see him. You don't need an introduction when you saw him. There is no other God that compares to the God that can save in the fire. You know, I don't know how many of you have gone through this disease, gone through this COVID-19. You know, 
God has saved us. God has brought you through. That's why you are alive today. And God is still working even now. And even if you were to contract this disease, no other God can save like the God will worship. No other God can heal like the God will serve. No other God can be available for you in every situation. So he saw the fourth man in the fire. And the fourth man was like the son of God. And when the king called them out to come out, nobody could go near them. They had to come out of the fire. They walked out of the fire. May you walk out of everything that the devil intended to trap you. May you walk out of everything that the devil intended to be up your fall. May every goddess and every god you want to worship, may you walk out of their territory. May you walk out of that deal with the power of God with your head held high. May you walk out of that circumstance the devil intended to be the trap and the end of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So let's call their real name. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Blessed be the God of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, who sent his angel and delivers his servants who trusted in him. And they frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they serve no they, they, that they should not serve nor worship any other god except their own god therefore i make a decree that any people nation or language which speaks anything amiss, amiss against the god of hananiah michelle and azariah shall be cut in pieces and their house shall be made an ash strip because there is no other God who can deliver like this. This was coming from Nebuchadnezzar. They said, Because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Daniel chapter 3, verse 29. Because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Why does God call us out not to worship other gods? Because it's a competition. The Lord your God is a jealous God. He wants you for himself. What does those gods want? They want to take you over. That paradigm wants to be the new principle by which you live your life. Money wants to be the reason why you wake up in the morning and jump. Everything else wants to be the reason why you do what you do. But when you put God first, God becomes the reason at the center. Do you know, I said it in church one day, do you know that it's God who announced that women everywhere should be free. But if you're full of hatred and you hear that sound in the spirit of women liberation, how will you convey your women freedom? It will be with the hatred in your heart. You're full of love and you hear the sound in the spirit that women should be free. How will you move with love in your heart? So hatred cannot do anything. For example, we're dealing with the Black Lives Matter movement in the world right now, yeah? It is God who is sounding an alarm that all men are equal. That alarm is a heavenly broadcast. And this is the hour when the earth is reverberating. And if you take a look at the protest, there are different categories of people in the protest. There are church leaders. And what are church leaders crying for? Justice. 
that God loves men, black or white. There are, there are church leaders who are crying, it's time for justice. It's time for balanced legal administration in all the world. God is raising a decree. It's time for black men everywhere to be set free. God is speaking. But if this falls in the heart of a hateful person, what will happen? The person will say, kill all the white people. The person will say, let's go and loot. Because out of what you contain, your expression comes out. So it's not the movement, it's your heart. It's not the cause, it's your heart. Who is your heart submitted to? Who owns your heart? It's not the paradigm, it's your heart. So your heart becomes the fabric upon which every idea is harvested or birthed or cooked or brought forth. So God says, when the gods are pricey. God says, lay not for yourself treasure on earth. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. When the gods involve sacrifice, God said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hid in the field, which when a man finds, he sells everything that he may buy that treasure. When the gods are full of tradition, God says, don't live by tradition because by your tradition, you make the word of God of no effect. Mark chapter 7 verse 13. When these new gods are new, God says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9, there is nothing new under the sun. What has been will be again. You see, the wind starts from the east. It goes to the west. It goes to the north. He goes to the south and comes back again to the east. And he goes round and round and round the wind goes. There's nothing new under the sun. Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes. If you're looking for definition, for those who are in paradigm gods, you're looking for definition. Jesus says, don't look further. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Some of you, I want to say something really graphic and if there are children watching, I want you to stop their ears right now because it's something God shared with me. I had a dream, I had a dream. It was, on, it was yesterday. I was actually preparing for this message. So I slept off around. I was trying to think of two minds. Should I go to the choir house or should I stay? And I stayed at home. And between nine and 10, I, I had this dream in the morning. I just napped off that early morning, Saturday morning, rainy day nap. And then I had this dream. I was driving on a very dirty road in the middle of nowhere and I was very pressed and thankfully I saw a toilet sign and I went to that I went up to that toilet and the toilet was actually quite dingy so I went up the stairs to that toilet it was very dingy and um, I went to use the toilet the big one so as I say, graphic for children is even come. Then I saw a 14-year-old boy as I stepped out of the toilet having sex with a 12-year-old girl. You know. And I slapped his back. Like, and that was the boy who was a toilet keeper. So he was the one who gives you water to wash your hands. Just like this Nigerian airport kind of toilet. You know that kind of toilet. It's very horrible. 
in there, the boy was having sex with the girl. I slapped him. I said, don't you know this is an underage girl? He said, no, that he has already spoken to the girl's father and the, the girl loves him. I said, but she is underage. And by the way, why don't you wait? And as I woke up, the Spirit of God says, this is actually the spirit of seduction that goes around the whole world in the dingiest places and in the most posh places. There's perversion going all around. Sexual perversion particularly going all around. And this is worship now. People feel like except they do porn, except they do something sinister, except they have an affair, and it's actually even called a Nigerian thing that all Nigerian men cheat. And I just like, no, I don't cheat. I'm very Nigerian. And I know so many other good Nigerian men who will not cheat, who will not sleep around. It's not our name. It's not our name. It's not our name. And God said that the spirit of child molestation, the spirit of oppressing the poor, the spirit of rape is in the land. And everybody has normalized, including 14-year-old boys. And we should train our boys. Just heard that clearly. Train your boy to know how to take care of women. Train your boys to honor women. Train your boys to call them mom. Train your boys to open the doors. Train your boys for chivalry. Don't just train them to be little king. Uh, oh, my king boy. Uh, you damage the women. Can, uh, some of us even say those things. Uh, you panic women. Oh, look at how fine he is. Don't say those things over your boys. Rather say you'll be a man of God. you honor women. The grace of God. You, you, The grace of God. Like, where are the guys who chaperone women to weddings and not solicit? Where are, the, where are the boys who will do anything? Where are the friends, the guys? Who are your boyfriends, general friends who you, you can call when you have a flat tire and there will be no need for them for you to pay in kind? Where are those guys today? And God was sharing with me that that boy, that 14-year-old, that locked up mindset about sexuality is where many men are and people worship the gods of sex. No other gods. No other gods. No other gods qualify. Even if you go to the fire, no other gods. Even if you go without money, no other gods. Even if you go without into the rain, no other gods. Even if you are regarded as nobody because you worship God, no other gods. Do you know when you start serving God, people look at me sometimes and say like, Oh my goodness, how such a good man. He should, and he does technology. He should be making a lot of money selling technology. Why is he preaching? Because every other God, every other enterprise, every other affair is less than declaring the counsel of God in all the earth. This is the highest job a man could ever do. To stand to speak of the goodness of God. Because no other gods that men worship deserve your worship. No other 
thing you place up deserves that position. Some of us place our husbands as gods. Your husband is not a god. He's a co-partner of the things of life. Some of us place marriage as a god. I cannot tell you how many young women that when it comes to the issue of marriage, they have no more control, especially when they are turning 30. That becomes a year and everybody gets into panic. No other God, not even the God of marriage, deserve your worship. Some women have made children their God. They've been married, they refuse to be happy because they don't have kids. Kids are not your God. Some people have made business their God. They rise in the morning and chase in the dark of night. And they, and they have no attention for God Almighty. Some other people have made their mind their God. Intellectually, they feel they are superior to everyone. No, you're not. That is not your God. That is just your mind. That is just a faculty God gave you to reason things out. That is just a tool for partnership with the Spirit of God. For you to do God's will upon the earth. God must be God. He says, I am the Lord. There is no other. No other God compares to me. Nebuchadnezzar tried it and he found out that there is no other God compared to him. The three Hebrew boys stood on the side of God and when there was a noise of the psaltery and when there was noise of the harp and when there was noise of the music and when there was noise of, of all types of instruments God came because no other God can be compared to the Lord who reigns forever and ever and ever. This week, I challenge you to release yourself to the worship of the one true God. There are many gods men worship in society. There are many gods people worship all around. But this is the time for the one true God, no other gods. God bless you. Hashaya nambre dushta mashika bahaya libre nosta mashakata masaya. Let me pray over you. I see someone bound by tradition. I see someone bound by the quest to be new. I see someone bound by the quest to be relevant. I see someone bound by all types of conditions and terms. And God is trying to set you free and say, walk with me and be free. Be free of generational spirits. Be free of inclinations. Be free of habits. Be free of your anger come and walk with me and I will show you how for I am the true God I am the way the truth and the life in the name of Jesus Christ I pray over everyone listening right now that God will be your God indeed that the Lord himself will be a rock for you in the name of Jesus Christ some of you may not know God but today I speak the entrance of God's light into your world I speak the entrance of God's power into your world. I speak the grace of God for this moment into your world. And the light of God will pierce that darkness. And the glory of God.
God will break through and the unction of the Spirit of God will strip you of every paradigm that limits you, of every concept that breaks you down in the name of Jesus Christ. You will walk in power. You will walk in authority. The glory of God will fill your world in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 